Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The sound method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats, it's how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. 
It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled with. Okay. So click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at in upstate New York at the iconic legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th, okay? And Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the, for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So here's the thing. Here's the thing when it comes to to being an empath, right? And and saying, I feel what they're feeling. I experience what they're experiencing, um, and that leads me to a to to burning out, right? That leads me to burning out. Like, oh my god, it's such a sense overload. I'm overload with with this um, empathetic resonance. You know, I'm overloaded with other people's stuff. Fair. Here's the problem with that word. People are using the word I'm an empath as a superpower when it's actually a step towards the superpower, which is to have compassion. And remember what compassion means, right? Compassion means alleviating the suffering of oneself and others, right? So when we are in a room and we have this empathetic resonance and we are overloaded with people's suffering and, and, and their inner chaos and you're picking up on all the things. And when we have, when we are breathing in their suffering and their suffering triggers our own suffering, this empathetic resonance then leads to, leads to burnout. Then we're like, oh my God, being an empath is such a, such a, such a bummer. It's such a, uh, 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 this, uh, uh, this It's such a, it's such a uh, it's it's a deficiency, not a not a not a uh, an in, not an incredible, potent, delicious approach to healing, right? So when we experiencing the suffering of others as saints, as as people working on becoming radical saints in this lifetime, right? This is our vow, everybody. What we're doing is we're breathing in the suffering of others. And if the suffering of others triggers our own anger, confusion, um, chaos, 
we know that we have work to do. Instead of going out and blaming that those people's suffering is making is now activating my pain, my suffering. Therefore, I can't be around other people. Therefore, community care, fuck that shit. Therefore, I'm not helping other people because I constantly get overloaded. That is when you have to recognize that you are your 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 empathetic abilities are not leading towards compassion. Empathetic abilities will lead to compassion when you're able to experience empathetic resonance and in that very moment not allow yourself to be to to uh not it's it's when you're looking at the garden of your mind okay let me let me try to explain this metaphorically because i really want us to land at such a profound way in the garden of our minds now i got it i got a good metaphor coming through in the garden of our minds we have all neurotic tendencies and we have all enlightened tendencies right when we experience when we experience suffering coming in through our sense gates, right? Coming in through our eyes, coming in through our ears, coming in through our feelings, coming in through 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 every part of our every 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 way that we have to experience the outside world into our internal world. Everything that's coming in is gonna do one of two things. If our senses are calibrated, we're able to Breathe in and experience what's coming out from the outside world to your internal world, and that will water the seeds, the enlightened seeds of the garden of our mind. When the seeds of, of the enlightened seeds of the garden of our mind become, become watered in the correct amount of sunlight, they sprout. Therefore, your empathetic resonance has awakened your enlightenment. Does that make sense? Now, the problem is, is this making sense for everybody? Landing, 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 landing. Okay, now here's the thing. When we experience empathetic resonance and our senses are not calibrated, we are, we, are, we are seeing suffering, we're feeling the suffering, we are hearing the suffering, this empathetic resonance, then what's happening from, from the outside world into our internal world, we're then watering without the pathway to compassion. We're watering the seeds of chaos in the garden of our mind. We're watering the seeds of suffering, the seeds of ignorance, the seeds of pain, the seeds of envy, the seeds of, of hatred, the seeds of, of oppression and neglect and avoidance. The work of the saint is for us to, breathe, to, to have an empathetic resonance, right? experience the resonance, reaching our senses, entering into our bodies, entering into our minds, and in that very moment, redirect that towards watering the seeds of enlightenment. So the sprouts of love, the sprouts of compassion, the sprouts of wisdom, and the sprouts of joy can, can grow and guide our lives. Therefore, guiding the way we think about that person suffering, guide the way we speak about the, uh, speak to that person or to that community, and guide the way we act in, in the presence of others who are experiencing suffering. So the way that we are understanding um, empathetic resonance has to be oriented, directed as the gateway towards a watering the seeds of enlightenment at the base of our being, period. If we continuously experience empathetic resonance and we are not directing that sunlight, that stimuli, that uh, water that's coming in, that is coming through our senses, towards our enlightened, to, towards watering the seeds of enlightenment, the base of our being, we're gonna we're gonna continuously experience uh, empathetic resonance, uh, and and we're gonna we're going to burn the fuck out. So that's where the compassion burnout comes in. You're like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. Like I I feel their pain and I want to do something about it, but we get stuck. 
getting stuck in this in this in this um are we communicating is this landing for you is this landing for everybody yes yes or no yes okay i'm only seeing a couple a couple a couple bits and pieces there okay good so the 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 game of an empath of someone who's who uses that word is to say i am highly sensitive wonderful what do i do with that do i use that the hypersensitivity to awaken the seeds of enlightenment the seeds of love, compassion, wisdom, joy, the base of my being, or do I do I use a hypersensitivity to sustain a level of chaos? On the spiritual path, on a on a path of becoming saints, we are actually hoping, and this actually is the byproduct. So there's no hope. This actually does happen that we become hypersensitive. Hypersensitivity is a byproduct of a disciplined saint, of a disciplined uh, person on the on the liberatory path. You know, so this hypersensitivity that a lot of us um, come into life with through come into life with this tendency is actually already a superpower. The problem is, 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 is misused. And then you enter into the world of Instagram and social media and, and, and then people use that to protect themselves, to avoid connection, to avoid service in any, any word that any, any tendencies any tendencies that we have that are prevalent in our lives that are being used to avoid connection and to avoid service, they got to be eradicated. That is what we're speaking about. Is this commu- are we communicating? Is this landing? Is this landing? Very well. Here's the next stage to this thing is understanding that we have to be engaging in spiritual practices that are developing our capacity to serve. And capacity to serve, listen closely, our capacity to serve is not going out there like a wild uh, like a wild, insatiable, thirsty animal, seeing the suffering and <gasps> I need to do something. Need to do something. That, 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 why that approach to it isn't wise. That is called ignorant compassion. That will lead to compassion burnout. So, spiritual practices develop that develop your ability and capacity for community care for altruism, for saintliness. Our, 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 our spiritual practices develop your compassion and your wisdom simultaneously. Compassion without wisdom could be, could be seen as the white savior, you know, where we have people entering into these, into these indigenous communities. I know this, uh, this, uh, this is a more on the political side, but I use this, this reference of mine so you understand right? You have these colonizers coming into indigenous communities and saying, you should be this religion because it's better for you. You should not eat this. You should not dress like that. You should not do X, Y, and Z things because this is, this is, this is all, the way you're doing this is causing you suffering. That could be seen as ignorant compassion. We thinking what the person, we, we, we are not, we, we don't have wisdom enough we don't have develop we haven't developed wisdom enough that we think that we know what they need based on our own conditioning based on our own amnesia based on our own amnesia we approach suffering 
that's not, not, that's not going to work. For some people, that could work. Your ignorant compassion could be exactly what they need. But you got to develop wisdom so your compassion becomes the correct antidote. Does that make sense? You got to develop wisdom so your compassion is the perfect antidote. It's said in the, it's said in the scriptures that when you experience suffering in the face of a bodhisattva, a bodhisattva knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and how you need it. Sometimes we are talking our asses off when someone just needs to be heard. Sometimes we are bringing someone soup when they actually need a foot massage. Sometimes we're, we're buying, uh, we're buying uh, you know, Barbies, Barbie dolls for uh, an all-girls orphanage. But instead, we don't recognize that what they actually need is, is the bathroom that all the, all, the, all the young children share to be fixed because there's a leak and there's mold. You know, we can't come into every experience thinking that we know what the person needs unless we have profoundly developed compassion. Compassion without wisdom leads to compassion burnout. Are we communicating? Is this lending? Are we walking on the same lane, lane together? Yes? Like that. Like that. So, the way to develop that is to, you are, you are in front of somebody who is having a, a mental breakdown, a panic attack. Then you have to enter in, into your mental health first aid mindset. Listen deeply. Look at the cues. Read the body language. What is your, what is your own internal world saying about it? What is your own interpretation of what's happening. Your empathetic resonance, let it evoke your wisdom. The way, to, the way for you to evoke, for the way for you to, to, to progress and, and, and really experience profound wisdom, there's a couple of things you have to do. First, you gotta practice your concentration. So that's why I hammer in over and over and over and over again on making friends with your breath, on intimately experiencing the breath and the body, perfecting your experience, your connection to the breath. The breath is always available. It's always there. Can you walk and count the breath in and the breath out? Can you drive and, and have a part of your mind focused on the road and a part of your mind engaged in the breath in and the breath out? Can you do dishes while, while, while experiencing the breath in your body? Can you take a shower while experiencing the breath in your body? Can you make your bed while experiencing the breath in your body? So I need you to perfect your concentration by being with the breath. The next thing I need you to experience every internal phenomena, phenomena. I was I was merging the words stimuli with phenomena. <laughs> I need you to I need you to 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 bring analysis, an analytical 
uh, awareness to your internal landscape. What does that mean? That means that you close your eyes and you experience yourself from the inside out. There's an itch in your thigh when you're meditating. Bring all of your energy, all your entire concentration to that part of your body. Be with it until it changes. You notice, you notice that there's, there's, a, there's a lower back pain. Bring your entire attention there. Be with it until it changes. And it's not that it will change for the better, but it will change when you bring your analytical awareness to it. What you are analyzing to develop wisdom is the transient nature of all things. Are we communicating? Is this landing? This is some far out shit. This is some far out shit. So you are eyes closed, right? Or doing whatever the fuck you may be doing. Eyes open. You experience a buzzing sensation in your belly. Bring all of your attention there. Be with it until it changes. The buzzing sensation. There's a deeper level of truth there. Deeper level of truth there. Deeper level of truth there. Until you land at, 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 at the point where when you have excavated the deeper and deeper and deeper deeper levels of truth, what happens, it's beautiful. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, it radically changes. It changes. So in order for you to develop wisdom, you have to do two things. Experience the breath in the body and bring analytical awareness to every internal experience. Bring your analytical awareness to a thought and watch that thought play in a loop. It fades away. Something else arises. Notice, notice the, the tightness in the chest. Be with it. Analytical awareness, not why, no questions except watching, observing without evaluation. This loving analysis doesn't require you to evaluate and place into certain category and internalize and add meaning to it. All you're doing is experiencing the transient nature of all phenomena. So developing wisdom requires two things, concentration and perfection of analytical awareness. Are we there? Are we there? Are you writing this shit down? I hope you are because this is where the juice happens. And this is far out, right? I'm giving you guys the I'm giving you guys what what's, you know, what what's said to be the four like it's the four pillars of 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 mindfulness, right? Cultivation of prajnaparamita. Prajnaparamita is perfection of wisdom. This is the things that we need. Prajnaparamita, how epic is that? If I have a baby, that's going to be her name. Prajnaparamita. Okay? Perfection of wisdom. So, anyways, so in order for our compassion, because compassion is more, here's the thing, compassion is, is this innate impulse to connect, to help, to alleviate the suffering. Now, how do I connect, alleviate suffering with wisdom? 
you got to go because the, the compassion part is oftentimes for most of us more developed already. We come into it with more of a, a more, more of that tendency already developed in us. Now, the wisdom part, it's, it's it, because of society, says society is constantly intoxicating and inundating us with pleasure, with sense gratification, with applauding of challenging and unwholesome and destructive feelings, right? Society is applauding multitasking, scatteredness, so in order for us to develop wisdom, we have to be extremely radical with what society tells us that, that we should develop, right? And, and listen to me, there's nothing wrong with pleasure. The thing about experiencing of pleasure is your insatiable thirst for more. And then your life becomes seeking pleasure. Your life doesn't become seeking enlightenment, experiencing of pleasure when you are having an orgasm with your partner at the peak of it you should as a radical saint may all beings be free of mental physical suffering when you're experiencing these peak orgasmic experiences with food with any sense gratification you should capital s in that very moment that very single moment offer the merit offer that, that pleasurable experience, that pleasant experience towards all people, to the social body, to the interbeing, to the interdependence of all people. Are we communicating? Otherwise, you become, you become, you become a, a pleasure-seeking. You become a, a, what I call sugar rush spiritualist. Sugar rush spiritualist is somebody who's constantly seeking Things that are going to make them feel good. That's not the path of a saint, honey. That is the path of bubblegum spirituality. And we're not here for bubblegum spirituality. We're here for true liberation. True liberation looks different. So, compassion that is partnered, that is merged with wisdom, is... A compassion that is able to have empathetic resonance with the person who's in pain. Experiencing the, the, their despair and in that very moment be able to turn that energy of despair from activating their own confusion and bringing that sunlight, aka that, that empathetic resonance, towards the area in the garden of their mind that's going to water wisdom, joy, love. And genuine compassion. So you are then able to respond to the suffering and to the pain and to the confusion and to the despair in a wise way, in a skillful way. Not in a way that pleases you, but in a way that, that tremendously and profoundly relaxes the one who is in suffering. Like that. Like that. There will come a point... There will come a point that anytime you ex you see someone suffering, that someone who's been in pain and they're they're neglecting help, you're gonna be able to go to them and say, "My love, you're neglecting an opportunity for me to become free." Does that make sense? When someone's in pain and you have an intimate relationship with them and they are not, they're not um, 
they're neglecting help. They're neglecting support. You're going to have such profound wisdom and such profound clarity and such profound presence that you're going to be able to look directly into their eyes and say, you not allowing me to help you, you are neglecting me of becoming more free. Do you understand what that means? Every opportunity to serve is acting on behalf of your liberation. Are we communicating? Are we communicating? Yes. Yes, are we communicating? Like that. Like that. So, compassion, community care as the antidote to compassion burnout has to start with are your self-care practices moving you into altruistic tendencies? Have you, through your self-care practice, eradicated every tendency in the garden of your mind that is neglecting and avoiding connection and service? Once your self-care practices, a.k.a. your spiritual practice that happens between you and you has eradicated from the garden of your mind all the ways that you avoid connection, that you avoid service, that will then lead you organically, naturally into community care. So then when it comes to experiencing compassion burnout, that will not even be part of your vocabulary because you understand how to take care of other people while taking care of yourself. You understand that serving others, you are serving yourself. You understand that, that their pain is like a thorn in your ankle and you don't think about it twice from reaching down to your right ankle and pulling out the thorn. You know exactly what hand to use. Right ankle, right hand. Left ankle, left hand. You know? You got, you got cut on your left thumb. You're not going to use your, you're not going to, you're not going to uh, use your, your, your hair to wrap up, you know, the cut. You're not going to use your right foot to try to put a band-aid on your left foot, on your left thumb. You know exactly what to do. And these are silly metaphors, very silly, but I hope it's painting a picture for you in your mind. You know exactly what to do. Use your right hand to wash the blood off the left thumb, to apply a healing balm, and to put a Band-Aid on it. Like that. Like that. There will come a point that reaching down to take the thorn out won't feel like a burden because you recognize that connecting with others, that serving others is how you become free. Are we communicating? Is this landing for you? Is this landing for you? So I need you to go out into the world and experience your empathetic resonance, your hypersensitivity, and noticing that you are entering to overwhelm 
And when you reach an overwhelm as an empath or as a hypersensitive person, you are then seeking pleasure. You're then insatiably seeking to please your senses. If you are insatiably seeking to please your senses, your empathetic resonance is not urging you and orienting you towards compassion. It's orienting you towards overwhelm. And then what happens? You neglect tending to the garden of your mind in that very moment. You neglect the fact that, hey, I'm watering the wrong seeds. I should be watering those, but I'm doing those. And instead of looking at the garden of your mind, you go out there seeking the sugar rush. Because you hope that that sugar rush is, gonna, is going to, to, um, to help you to become free. But it only makes you high. And, you know, some of us have built a life on being high. And I'm not talking being high with, with drugs. I'm actually talking about being high with, with, with coping tendencies that are numbing us the fuck out. Once you train your attention enough, you're going to be able to notice grief settling in, anger arising. And in that very moment, you're going to be able to laser focus your attention there, which is Prajna Paramita, perfection of wisdom. You're going to be able to lightly touch that anger, lightly touch that grief, and hold your finger on the pulse until it changes. It's reminding every part of your internal world that they have a friend within you. It's reminding grief that they have a friend. It's reminding anger that they have a friend inside. And when there is a friend, there is relaxation. Because you're not only showing yourself connection, but you're showing yourself a, a tremendous act of service. I can hang in here. Are we communicating? Is that landing for you? So working towards that direction. Community care is the antidote to compassion burnout. In serving others, I'm serving myself. When I am profoundly in despair, taking time to go be of service, it will wipe out your relationship to despair. It will put everything into perspective. I was tired the other day. Woke up at 5, was at the church, at the food bank at 6 a.m. It was a little bit later, to be honest. I got there like 6.25. Because we stopped to get coffee and to buy flowers for the, for the community organizer. And I was tired, and when I'm tired, the old narratives start creeping in. And I start to experience compassion burnout. I've served so many people this week. I'm so tired. I don't have anything else to offer. And the first person that I, that, that I, I, when I do the food bank on Saturdays here in Koreatown in LA, I usually do two, either one of two things. I either work inside prepping the bags that we distribute to the people who are coming there to get food. Or I work outside as a runner. And the runners, what we do is we are bringing, we are, we're taking this massive basket. There's, there's four baskets 
in a cart for each person that comes there. And there's there's a thousand people who get food from this place on a weekly basis, right? And and these are people who, who are below the poverty line, right? Who don't have money to buy food, right? So this first person that came that wasn't in my in my um in my uh, in my task, right? It was like task to me to help this woman. Her name is Julianne. She's in a wheelchair. She has massive scabs all over her legs and her hands and her arms. She's wearing four jackets. Mind you, it's hot. She's wearing four jackets. And I had to put all the bag all the groceries in these bags that she brought in her wheelchair. So behind her on where she sits, right? And the reason I'm telling you this story is and I was tired doing it, and I would I would notice myself enter into judgment land and criticize criticism land, and I'll bring myself to the breath, and I'll bring myself to the compassion mantra. Om tare tu tare tu soha. Om tare tu tare tu soha. And this woman was, she didn't she doesn't have the 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 the, the connection skills that I have, so she was very blunt in her statements, and one could take that personal and one could take that and be like oh this bitch i'm helping her and she's being she's being a bitch Ugh. but instead i kept orienting my mind to developing wisdom to developing my my true my true true truest heart which is connection and service right like that so why i'm putting all this back all the stuff behind her wheelchair then it's now time for me to wheel her in to the bus stop and my darlings, I may pretend to be weak, but I work out every fucking day, right? I take one day off a week sometimes to, to rest. I love working out. I love strengthening my body. So I'm actually strong. And I'm actually, and I'm 6'1", by the way. So I'm 6'1", and I'm strong, right? I'm telling you this so you get the idea. So I'm a tall motherfucker. And I'm willing her through the street that's a hill and it is so fucking heavy. And in that very moment, I started just to dismantle and decolonize my mind from the compassion burnout. And I entered into such deep presence where I felt her pain. And her pain woke up my profound wisdom, my prajnaparamita. And it sharpened my wisdom in such a way that I went, to, I entered into such a profound, relaxing state. When the bus arrived, I was in a verge of tears. How is this woman going to get herself into the bus with this enormous bag of groceries? And how is she going to go off the bus and up to her house in a wheelchair? That suffering started to awaken my wisdom, awaken, awaken my love, and, and then awaken my joy because I started to laugh at how ridiculous I was being when I started to get it, would take personal the, 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 what the things that she was saying earlier on, how she wanted things to be organized in her bags. And then I put her on the bus. I turn her chair around so it's in that in that area where the wheelchair um, area in the bus to the right. It's usually to the left side here in America. And I walked out of that bus 
I looked directly into her eyes or I would lower down and look directly into her eyes and say, thank you so much. She was kind of confused, right? But it was in that, in that act of service that I unlocked the keys to the next stage of my personal liberation. And that's the offering. Community care is the antidote to compassion burnout. It's the antidote to empathetic resonance gone bad. But when you perfect your wisdom, prajna paramita, you're then recognizing that opportunities to serve are opportunities to become free. If I walk out of that bus and I'm more determined than ever to eradicate poverty, to eradicate homelessness, to eradicate these, these scarcity food areas, to eradicate greed. You know. So when we're thought when we're talking about community care as to compassion burnout, we have to take time each and every single day to perfect our concentration and perfect our ability to analyze internal phenomena and recognize that they're transient. Then that will orient our compassion, our ability to serve, aka connect and serve with wisdom in profound ways that genuinely and profoundly transform not only the person but, but yourself as well. Like that. Like that. Like that. Enough for today. I'm Sadi Simone and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.